Hello and welcome to the Dynasty on the Lake podcast. It is Thursday, August 24th, and we are two weeks from NFL kickoff, and we've got a pretty packed episode today. Uh, Joe, welcome back. I know it's it's been a little bit since you've been able to make the show, so glad to have you back on. Thank you. It's good to be back. Good to be gearing up for the football season. Yep. And we have a special guest tonight, uh, Matthew. Welcome to the show. Uh, he's been a member of our original home league. I think we're going to do our 11th year in that league. And uh, he recently started up a super flex tight end premium league that we just finished a startup draft in. Joe and I were both in that league with him. So we're going to talk a little bit about that to the show today. So yeah, welcome to the show. Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. So let, let's get into it. Uh, so before we get into that startup review, let's talk about some of the news around the league a little bit. Um, one of the biggest quarterback uh, stories going on right now, Trey Lance named the third string quarterback for the Niners. It sounds like they're trying to trade him. Uh, Purdy obviously liked up this job, and I don't think anybody was questioning that he would end up being the starter. But somewhat surprisingly, Sam Darnold is the backup now for the Niners. Uh, what do you guys think of Trey Lance? What do you do if you have him in, in a dynasty league? There's not much you can do, I don't think. you got to sit and hold him. Hope that they find a trade partner for him. I mean, I feel like the, a lot of teams that needed quarterbacks drafted them this year, so it'll be interesting to see if maybe a team looks at him as a backup option. Like, the only one that sticks really in my head is Denver. I mean, if you get a bad Russell Wilson, do they just call it a day and try to go get him and see what he has left or what he can do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think you just sit and hold. But uh, I think there's going to be teams out there that trade for him. I mean, a team that comes to mind is Tampa Bay, who – Baker Mayfield and not really much else there. So Baker Mayfield's the answer. You know, maybe he'll he'll redeem himself after all these years, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't look good for Lance. I mean, if you were in a super flex league, if you were able to get a second round pick for Trey Lance, are you pulling the trigger and just getting rid of him? Oh, I absolutely would. I'd take the second and run. And super flex? Yeah, okay. super flex. I mean, yeah. I probably would, too. I guess it would depend on what your QB situation is. Right. If it was really bad, maybe you hold on to him, but I'm probably trading it for the second. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's anybody giving us offering <laughs> a second. Maybe they're a big fan of Lance. They think, you know, he'll pan, he'll pan out somewhere else and try and, you know, if he does, that would be a, a bargain. But uh, I'm just trying to throw a hypothetical in there. I, I I don't know that many people would pay a second throw at this point. Um, there are a few injuries specifically to wide receivers this week that we should touch on a little bit here. First, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He had wrist surgery today. No timetable yet on his return, but he's likely to miss the start of the year. Uh, you know, I think this might kind of slow down his season this year. I, I mean, I think all of us, you know, most people are fans of him and think he'll pan out and be good. Uh, but I think this might damper the start to his rookie year, at least maybe the first half is slow for him. Um, what do you guys think? I could see him having a slow year, but I don't think it hurts or diminishes his value whatsoever. I think he's still going to be able to grow from this and be as good as we all think he can be. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to start slow when he comes back, but I yeah. see him kind of taking off towards the end of the year, you know, once he gets kind of in the swing of things and just building upon that next year. Yeah, I agree. So with rookie players, like, they're better off being hurt to start the year than playing and, you know, starting slow, at least for their value in Dynasty, I feel like. Because, uh, you know, they, if they're hurt, they're obviously not playing because you're not seeing what they could do on the field. But, you know, if you're on the field and you're just starting slow, that's more detrimental to value. So 
um, you know, in the first few weeks, you know, he'll have that coming, you know, he'll, he'll have that reason built in for his value, you know, coming back from injury. So um, that should insulate his value a little bit. So I agree with you guys there. Next, can we talk about uh, the man made of glass? Which one? Mr. Judy. Okay, well, we have another guy on here that's made of glass, too. But, yeah, we'll talk about Jerry Judy. Um, he was carted off in practice today with a hamstring injury. Uh, sources are saying likely to be out several weeks, so probably going to miss the first two to three games, I would guess, based on that report. Um, you know, not his first hamstring injury or injury in general. He's dealt with his fair share over the years, so... Um, I think that's obviously good if you have Cortland Sutton being the primary target without too much competition and probably good for Marvin Mims. I think he'll get on the field more than anticipated early in the year. It'd be a great opportunity for him to develop quicker. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd agree. Uh, the other guy made of glass, DJ Shark. He's also has a hamstring injury and likely to miss the start of the year. So uh, I think there's another rookie there, Jonathan Mingo, who can definitely benefit from that to start the year. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm a big fan of Mingo. I've been trying to get him in my startups, my rookie drafts, whatnot. Um, so, I, you know, I'm excited for his opportunity to start the year, and I think he'll end up being the top receiver there at some point this season. Yeah, I can easily see that happening. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's what Thielen over there is too and not much else. Yeah. I so, mean, Adam Thielen, DJ Shark, whenever Hayden he's Hurst back. as the tight end. Yeah, so things, yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's a rookie receiver with better opportunity this year than Jonathan Mingo. Um, and lastly, Terry McLaurin is dealing with some turf toe, and he's questionable to start the year as well. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Dotson. I, I've been, I know I was... Vocal about that last year when we started talking about the rookies for last season when we just started our podcast. Um, so, I, you know, I think this is great opportunity for Dodson to start the year, and he could potentially supplant McLaurin as the wide receiver one. It wouldn't surprise me at all, you know, healthy or not for McLaurin. Uh, but what do you guys think on the Washington receivers? I think that last year you were actually trying to trade up with me in the draft to get Dodson, and I, I absolutely was. Yeah. yeah. So... I mean, I think this is great for Dotson. Um, I was pretty big on him, like, anyways, coming into this year, so mm-hmm. it's even better. The opportunity's there, so hopefully he can, you know, grab it and take full advantage of it to start the season. The last thing you'd really want to see is a slow start, and, you know, anything's possible with the quarterback situation. Yeah, that's another thing, too, with Washington. Sam Howell was named the starter. He's He's looked solid throughout camp and preseason, but he's still a big question mark, and, you know, he's... He relies on his legs a lot too, um, so you know, I don't think he's a fully developed passer, so that could be an issue. But then again, McLaurin's like never had any good quarterbacks in his time in Washington either, so and he's been able to produce. So we'll see how that turns out, but that that can definitely be an issue for both of them there. Um, yeah, I think that covers the the injury news at least for this week. So yeah, let's let's get into the startup. So. We just we didn't even complete it yet. I think we're what, like four picks left in the thirtieth round right now. But uh, it was a super flex tight end premium league, twelve teams. Um, Matt was the commissioner of that league, and Joe and I both had our own teams in that league as well. So we're gonna talk a little bit. Uh, so we're gonna talk a little bit about that draft and how that went, and uh, some of our thoughts on our strategies and you know 
after and recap the first few rounds a little bit. So, Matt, why don't you start off and tell us a little bit about your strategy going into this draft? Yeah, so it was my first dynasty startup draft and my first super flex tight end premium league. So I wanted to get my quarterbacks early on. Um, I, I wanted to get quarterbacks early on and then kind of load up on wide receivers after that and wait to take running back. Um, I didn't necessarily follow that strategy all the way through. I did get uh, Trevor Lawrence as my first quarter, my first pick as my quarterback, um, and I followed that up with Garrett Wilson. But then I kind of went early and reached a little bit, I think, with Brees Hall. Um, and then I kind of went back to it and, and loaded up on some more receivers. So I stuck to it a little bit, but I think that maybe I kind of deviated a little bit away from the plan throughout that. Yeah, so, yeah, you had the seventh pick there, and you took Lawrence, and I remember that clearly because I had the eighth pick, and I had a feeling the top seven picks were going to be the top seven quarterbacks. Sure enough, they were. So I was kind of in no man's land, I felt like, with the eighth pick. Um, we had, In our previous startup we, that Joe and I had in May, I was in a similar spot, and I ended up taking Jefferson there. Um, I didn't. I did not want to go that route again, so... I actually ended up trading out of that pick after attempting to trade up for each of the top seven picks with no luck. But, um, but yeah, so my, my strategy after, you know, we've talked about our other draft where I did not end up in a good quarterback situation. So I was definitely trying to, uh, to, to get, to improve upon that. And I actually ended up trading down and getting Anthony Richardson with my first pick and, I ended up getting two in the third round, so I was pretty happy there. I got Brock Purdy a few rounds later to round out my quarterback room. But, um, yeah, th- those were the quarterbacks, so I, got, I was really happy with that. And in my trade down to get Anthony Richardson, I gained another fourth-round pick, um, an extra second-round – I'm sorry, I traded to the second round, and I gained an extra fourth-round pick and also a t- first-round rookie, rookie pick next year. But uh, it's a good haul. Yeah, I ended up with, in the first four rounds, I ended up with Jalen Waddell, Anthony Richardson, Tua, Saquon, and uh, Devonta Smith. So I was pretty happy with that start. Joe, uh, what was, how'd you feel about the draft going into it and what your strategy was? Well, this was completely different than the, la- than the one we did in May. So the one in May, I had pick 14 out of 14. And I had uh, pick three going into this one. So, obviously, I'm taking, you know, whatever the best quarterback is left to me at three. And I think the whole rest of the draft, I just looked at it as I really didn't care what position I wanted to draft. It was just what do I think the best value at that pick is going to be. I didn't want to go no running, like say I'm not going any running backs or loading up on receivers. I just wanted to go with who I thought the best value at that pick was going to be, which also led me to, in the second round, end of the second round, taking pits and, could have been early, could not be, I don't know. But with all the hype that he has gotten, I mean, yeah, he had a bad year last year. But if he's anything like what they say in a tight end premium league, that pick should pay off, especially with how young he is. So that was kind of my whole thing, was just taking the best player available at every spot I could. Yeah, that that's another good point. That's, that's something I kind of always try to incorporate, but it's easier said than done sometimes. But, yeah, because a lot of times you'll get your eyes set on a player for a certain round, but there's somebody that falls there that maybe shouldn't be, and maybe you overlooked that because you've just been thinking about that one player hoping he makes it to you the, you know, the last couple well, hours. Like, I mean, I, I really thought about letting Pitts go another round too, but it, being realistic, I'm not seeing him again at, when I pick in the third or whatever. So I was like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to scoop him, this is the time to scoop him, and this is what I looking at what I, what's out there. 
to me, it was the best potential of the value for the pick. Right. What was taken, like, right after him? Uh, it went C.J. Stroud, Monroe St. Brown, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup. Then you got Olave. Round. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm, it, went Stroud. it was third-round reversal, so it was Stroud, St. Brown, Pre- Dak Prescott, Nick Chubb. Yeah, the next that, that, see, then I had to wait to the end of the third to pick again, and that's why I knew Pitts wouldn't fall that yeah, far. Probably. Did you have two quarterbacks at that point? No, I didn't take my second quarterback until the fourth round, and I took Cousins, which I felt was like a fair, fair place. There. And it was pretty even, because I was looking at our May 1, too, and it was like right where Lombardi took Kirk Cousins. It was, it was the exact same pick, pretty, yeah. was it? <laughs> I looked at that, too. So I, was like, I felt okay with that. Yeah. I had positive reinforcement. But I definitely also felt like Olave, I just, especially like how you fall in love with the guy. You know, I'm sitting there at like 3.06, and I see that Olave's up there. You see him falling, and you're just like, oh, man, this guy, this guy might fall. And sure enough, he did. So I felt like I really got lucky there, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Olave's a guy looking back that I wish I would have taken him, and I believe I took Brees Hall with that pick like before that and kind of regret it. So pretty good pick for you there. Thank you. Yeah, I tried, I tried trading up after that pick because I wanted Daniel Jones. Uh, so his buddy picked right behind me, and he his buddy was hoping for Olave. So I started to, I sent an offer over to try to trade up from the next round, and he just went, I, I want Olave. <laughs> that That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, he texted me that too. He's like, tell your buddy that I want. I'll trade him whatever for Olave. Like I'm like, all right, I don't think he's gonna do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, he'd have to be giving something else up too. I think. Yeah. But and that's another thing. Like when you're at the like ends like maybe in the last three or first three picks you know you have the turns where you're almost back to back it it helps a lot if you're in that spot if you know the people that are in between your mm-hmm. your picks that are that close uh that can help you you know you know you know certain guys maybe they like maybe they don't like well not even that too just being smart about it i mean i know later in the first 10 rounds i remember looking at how people's teams were filling out and, you know, some guys had, you know, four running backs already or, you know, two receivers. You can kind of figure out most likely which direction they're going to go just by looking at their team and what sure. they have already. So that also helped, too, because you're like, yeah. I definitely think I'll be able to get this guy in the next pick. Yeah, that's another good point. Like, if they have two quarterbacks and you're in, you know, the 3-4 turn, you know they're not taking another quarterback there. Yeah. It's very beneficial. Right. So, yeah, you can kind of wait and see if the quarterback comes to you. Uh, the four, in the fourth round pick in that scenario or, or whatnot, and, and that's what you did. I don't. I mean, I don't know that they had two quarterbacks yet, but that's exactly what you did there. You took the receiver and hoped the quarterback Daniel Jones would fall to you in the fourth. And then I took Kirk Cousins as the runner-up, right? So which is right. okay. Yeah. So the one guy actually had two quarterbacks. So it was just the guy who took Daniel Jones at four point oh one. If he didn't take him, you would have got him. But yeah, Cousins there isn't bad either for your second quarterback. Uh, should we talk about some of the trades we made? So I think there are three total trades that at least one of us were involved in. So I, I kind of briefly mentioned my trade. But we can start with that. Trading 1.08 and my ninth round pick, 9, 9.05, to go down to 2.08 and uh, moved up from 9.05 to get 4.05. And then I also got a 2024 first. I felt really happy about that trade, being able to – Go down to the second round and get Richardson, who, you know, I think Fields would have been the only other quarterback after the top seven I would have taken before him. So I was very happy with that and getting the 24 first on top of it. Uh, what would you guys think of, of that trade? I thought it was pretty good. I 
I kind of thought it was a good trade on both parts because I like that you traded back. You got Richardson. You got mm. a lot for the future. And uh, what else did you say was, was in there that you... So it was, it was basically I traded from 108 to 208. Then I moved up from the ninth round to the fourth round. I okay. got a 24 first. I also thought it was interesting that the guy who traded for you is my buddy Matt. I think he had the fourth pick and took Joe Burrow. And then he yes. actually traded back into the first round to right. take Justin Jefferson. So he has Burrow and Jefferson. So I don't yeah. hate that. Like, yeah. That's pretty solid. Yeah, I was looking at his team. His team is pretty good, it looks like. So uh, probably going to be a late first, but nonetheless an extra first. So Yeah. I, I liked it. And I, I like the idea that you kind of, you know, you went out there and did something different instead of just letting the same thing happen again mm-hmm. where, you know, you're going to end up being in round three without a quarterback. and Right. You definitely maximized doing something different in that situation. Yeah, I, I agree. So, I mean, if I was for, if I couldn't trade the pick, I probably was taking Jefferson. Um, I thought about maybe just taking Fields there, but I felt like tra- I can trade down instead, and I, I was happy with how that played out for sure. Uh, Joe, you had a trade a little later on. Uh, in the sixth round, you traded out of 6.03 to go down to 6.05. And for that, you got to move up from 710 to 708. And you also got a 2024 20, second on top of that. So I felt like I couldn't say no. I feel like you just stole a second round pick, basically, <laughs> at that point. I so. couldn't say no. I barely moved back. And I remember looking at the team, and it was like, okay, well, I think often I, Church needed a That was the same team I trained. Oh, yeah, okay. too. He needed a, that's probably a second quarterback, right? He took Jordan Love? Probably, yes. So he was tra- I'm like, okay, well, he's trading up for a quarterback. And then... I mean, I liked a couple. Like, I liked the two receivers that went there too, Christian Watson and then Traylon Burks. I took, so I was like, you know, I'm plus a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two good young receivers. So I like when they offer you those trades, and you don't even have to do any work. Yeah, <laughs> that was a free second round pick. He didn't have a second or fourth round pick because of that trade with me. So yeah, he didn't really have a chance to take that second quarterback. Um, so th- that makes sense that he was moving up to do that, but nonetheless, a steep price, I think. But I know, I couldn't hit except quick enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you you weren't taking love there. You had two quarterbacks already, so you probably weren't doing that. But, um, and then the two of you made a trade, Joe and Matt. Uh, Joe, you traded up to eight point oh seven, giving up nine ten, and that second round pick you just got, and a third round pick next year. And I know you, I know you were excited to move up to get Kamara there. I felt like it was a real like the window for being able to get him was closing, and I had a pick you know three beforehand, so I was already trying to get back up and take him after that. But I saw the window closing for him, and the fact that we now know how long the suspension is and all that. I felt like it was a great value opportunity to get up there and be able to grab Kamara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, who did I take with that nine ten pick? Kendry Miller. Kendry Miller. Okay, so I think <laughs> I was happy with that because. As good as Kamara is, the three-game suspension, I'm hope, hoping opens up the door for, for Kendry Miller. And I'm kind of hoping this is the last of Kamara in New Orleans. And maybe Miller just takes over from, from then on. So, And I got the second-round pick next year. Mm-hmm. So I kind of think we're I, both happy. Yeah, it was like one of those. I'm like, oh, I got this, this brand-new second-round pick that I didn't have. I can use this. Right. It is funny we both <laughs> took running backs that play on the Saints, you know? Right, right. And I guess just valued them differently. Yeah. I mean, I'm not as high on Kamara as you are, Joe. I don't know if I would have made that trade, but... Uh, How old is Kamara going to be? 28? I think he's 28, yeah. Okay. He's uh, still got something to think. I don't, he didn't look like he did last year, though. That, the offense looked bad last year outside of... It's fair. The offense... A few bright spots. The offense as a whole looked bad, but he also looked bad individually. I think he's going to have a much better chance for opportunity with Carr throwing the ball, though, too. 
True. Uh, I mean, we'll see. I don't know. I think Dalton checks he around was a lot serviceable. too. Serviceable, but he's a checkdown type of quarterback. True, though. but there's gonna be more actual rushing opportunities. I think with how they're gonna be able to spread it out more. Yeah, I don't, I'm not convinced with Jamal. I think Jamal Williams is gonna be the vulture at the goal line, and I can't get away from him. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty. He just turned twenty-eight, Kamara. So I don't. I don't know. I think we're near the end on him, but. If he goes back to his form from two years ago, I'd, for at least another year, that might not look so bad. But um, I do like Kendry Miller a lot, though, too. So uh, maybe I'm a little biased because I want to see him pan out eventually. But And I'm sure he will. Yeah. I, I'm, what I'm really hoping for, too, is with how good Kamara has been in his career, that even if it's not on the Saints, he finds a role where third down guy, like kind of like how a Darren Sproles was. Come in there and is like the flash guy on third down, can still make big plays happen, even if they're a little bit older. As long as he stays quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know if he would take a contract to be in that situation. I think he's, he would seek you know, starting running back money, but no running backs are really getting what they want at this point either. So. Well, it depends on how bad he wants to keep playing. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so those were the trades we were involved in. We had a few oh, other. I had, one, I had one more trade. I was oh, did involved, you? I think. Oh, I must have missed it. I think I traded up with uh, Scott. We swapped. Oh, uh, was it like a sixteenth round? Oh, fifteen oh one. And I yeah. grabbed Jalen Warren. I was trying to keep it to relevant things, but yeah, yeah. Jalen Warren's yeah. relevant. Well, what did you trade? Go ahead. I don't remember. Oh, I thought you had it up. <laughs> I traded. Let's see here. I gave up my fifteen ten and sixteen oh three to move up to fifteen oh one. And then, when well, I moved back again or whatever, like we flip flopped and yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it was one of those you moved up ten spots and moved down ten. At round, the next 15, round. Yeah, round fifteen for Jalen Warren for what we've seen. Yeah, I, I have, that's a I good spot to get him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's. All reports make it sound like he's going to be a little more involved this year. So, not to mention it's not like Najee Harris has a track record of staying healthy for all seventeen games either. Yeah, so the opportunity. I think it'll be worked in regardless, but I think the opportunity is obviously always going to be there with when you're playing behind somebody that kind of always gets dinged up. Right, right. I feel like Jalen Warren might be more of that like third down back kind of guy that you're talking about with Kamara. So maybe that's going to be his role this year. I think it will be. Yeah, he's gonna, he's definitely going to be coming in on the passing downs. It sounds like should be interesting. And uh, the preseason game today, Najee Harris got him down inside the ten, and Jalen Warren had a touchdown. <laughs> so maybe he'll get some goal line work too. Who knows? But. You can't backs. take too much out of preseason, but I hate running backs in fantasy. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. Um, yeah, let's. You guys want to talk about the first like three or four rounds here? Maybe go over the picks and what we thought uh, of how each round ruined, and you know maybe compared to what we thought should have happened in some spots. Yeah, yeah. All right. Start off with the first round. So I mentioned top seven picks were the top seven quarterbacks. I think it's a pretty general consensus on the top seven quarterbacks being Mahomes, Allen Hurts, Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, and Trevor Lawrence. Maybe not necessarily in that exact order, but uh, you guys all agree those were... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can see room for discussion, especially after between four and seven, um, if somebody has a preference or not, mm-hmm. but you knew what the top seven was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping somebody would like Jefferson a little earlier, like I said, to get to eight, but um, yeah, that, those are the top seven. We talked about Jefferson going at eight in the trade I made. It's no surprise there. Then to round out the first round, Jamar Chase, Bijan, Justin Fields, and surprise pick, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, 
I think that Tyreek Hill was really the only surprise to me. Yeah, it was uh, quite surprising. I mean, it was our it was this guy's first time do, doing uh, Dynasty as well. He did dra- well. It seemed like he drafted an older team, but I think he drafted younger guys. Obviously, in the after round twenty is what brought his total age down. He sh- if he competes over the next year or two, he should be okay still. But he definitely has a much older team. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, when you have people new to Dynasty, sometimes you'll get that. Um, we saw that a little bit in in our other league too that we had to start up for in May. Um, I mean, yeah. He'll get the value out of Tyreek Hill for a year or two, but he could have got Tyreek Hill, yeah, two rounds later easily, too. Agreed. Uh, starting the second round, then, we had Deshaun Watson, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Travis Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey, I'd say, was the, you know, 16 overall for a 33-year-old. Seems a bit high. Um I don't know that we have to say seems. It is a bit high. <laughs> um, I mean, Watson, Lamb, Brown, that's probably that the right range for those guys, though. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, a little bit of a reach on the Kelsey pick there, even though it's a tight end premium. But that's another guy who's newer to Dynasty and mm-hmm. probably just trying to figure it out along the way. Yeah, I mean, that's how you learn. You yeah. Can, you take a 33-year-old in round two and you learn from it. I mean, yeah. yeah, you learn from it, but there's also, like, nothing wrong with doing that either. Because if you're not competing, true, you'll be able to get a great return value mm-hmm. on these guys. I mean, obviously you're probably not going to get here what you could have had. Still, right, the opportunity still cost able, yeah, is more still. You'll still be able to get a very nice return on it and hopefully be able to yeah, do people, something more with it. Com- yeah, competitive teams are still giving a first for Kelsey. Yeah. So. Uh, then we had Anthony Richardson. We talked about that uh, at 205. Garrett Wilson... Christian McCaffrey and Jalen Waddell ran out the middle of round two. Um, McCaff- yeah, so the second running back didn't go until mid-round two, so I was a little surprised by that. But, I, I mean, that's kind of my strategy, though, too, is to kind of fade running backs early. So not too surprising, in my opinion. Uh, I try. I mean, you just uh, it's hard. It's so hard with running backs. I wasn't, yeah, surprised that more running backs weren't taken. I was surprised at the McCaffrey pick. I feel like he could have taken Waddle right there. It got taken right after him, and I would have... Rather had that if I were him. I mean, I, I'm the one who took Waddle, and I, yeah, I definitely was happy Waddle slipped to me. I wasn't sure if he would, so uh, I, I, kinda, I was kind of hoping to get somebody in that receiver tier of like Waddle, Garrett Wilson, um, AJ Brown, CeeDee Lamb. I, I knew it was probably not a good, there was probably not a good chance for one of those guys to fall, but a couple of these picks allowed that to happen. So yeah, very lucky. I, I did get lucky with Waddle falling there. I feel like. Because I, I probably would not have taken McCaffrey at 2.08. I don't know if he would have gotten taken maybe until even the third round or somewhere yeah. there. It's hard to say. I, I some Especially, I mean, I don't know how new. some I don't know some of these teams. Yeah. So I don't know how new they are to Dynasty. But, I mean, somebody I could see definitely see somebody new to Dynasty being like, oh, McCaffrey in the second round. I need to jump on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then to round out round two, Kyler Murray, Kyle, Kyle Pitts, C.J. Stroud, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown was the other receiver in that tier. I, was, I would have been happy with that, my pick, actually. Um, I think that was good value at the end of the second round for him. I know when, where I was sitting, too, where I took Pitts. I was going to take Kyler Murray if he was there. But when, when Kyler went to pick before me, I was like, you know what, let's just take the best thing that I think I could. But yeah. I was really hoping that I was going to get Kyler there and be set with 
you know, two potential real good quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about Kyler. Like, he, I, he's somebody I kind of just wanted to avoid the headache he's on. Such a question mark, right? So mysterious. So I, you know, I I considered him as well, and when I took Waddle, but I just I figured I'd rather go with a more sure thing. And he definitely took the safer choice there. Yeah, I mean, not that I don't think Kyler will come back from his injury, but we don't know where he'll end up. I, there's no guarantees in Arizona. If he is in Arizona, there, I mean, their team's kind of bad anyway. So, I don't know. I feel like Kyler, regardless of how bad Arizona plays, he always puts up numbers when he's healthy. So, mm-hmm. I don't think it was a bad pick there, but I don't know if I necessarily would have t- done it. Yeah, I'm I, not I saying it's a bad pick. I kind of wanted to shy away from it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I just, yeah, we don't even know if he's going to play this year either, so yeah. that was another part of it. So, I just wanted to avoid the headache, basically. You know he's counting down the days till the new Call of Duty comes out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Was it Modern Warfare 3 now? Something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, Stroud uh, went a little... I didn't expect Stroud going in the second round. He was the target I had for the third, but uh, you know, I can't hate that pick either. I think whoever took Stroud maybe like didn't have a quarterback yet. Was that one of... Mm, he, had, he took Josh Allen in the first oh, round. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of... I know whoever took one of the rookies like didn't have quarterback yet maybe whoever took Bryce Young or something yeah we'll get to yeah so top of round three when Dak Prescott Nick Chubb Jackson Smith and Jigba and Bryce Young and that the guy who took Bryce Young that was his first quarterback after getting Jamar Chase and Travis Kelsey okay uh so yeah Prescott started the third round Chubb was the third running back taken yeah, I thought that was a little early for Chubb oh, yeah. when I saw that. I, that was like, I texted him after that, and mm. he's like, Chubb's going to be a beast. I'm like, all right, man, but still, you could have gotten him way later. Yeah, third running back taken, that seems aggressive. I mean, Maybe a bit of a homer pick, too. Yeah, I mean, I still find it shocking, too. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was still out there, too. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, this was right after the news came out. That he yeah. wanted a trade, but yeah. I mean, still. Yeah. That one definitely, I, would, I, would, I had like double taking my phone, like, huh? Okay. Yeah, and, and yeah, that that seemed like it was more like a redraft kind of pick, but I mean, the the owner is not new to dynasty, so uh, I'm not I'm not sure exactly what his thoughts were with that pick. But I mean, sure, I think Chubb is going to be great this year, but he's going to be what 27, or he is 27 maybe. Um, but well, at least at least this owner also doesn't have uh, like seven free agents on his team. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we we've we've discussed that as well because he's in our. The original home. You know, he too. actually texted me because I told him I was doing the podcast, and this is what he said. He goes, "LOL, I'm on the rise." I'm like, All right. <laughs> <laughs> referring to the Shiva League. Okay, I'm referring assuming. to this. Yeah, not not Parma's finest. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if we have a few minutes at the end here, we can quickly discuss that the rookie draft in the in that league. But um, yeah, so that was the start of round three. Then. Middle of round three, I took Tua at 305. Matt, you took Brees Hall at 306. Jameer Gibbs went at 307, and Tony Pollard at 308. Definitely would have taken those three running backs before I, I took Nick Chubb. Um, yeah. I mean, I still, even though I would have taken them before I took Nick Chubb, I still think I wouldn't have, I shouldn't have taken a running back where I did. Although there was kind of a run on running backs after that. There was a bit. I mean, yeah. Because there was, yeah. I mean, it was Hall, Gibbs, Pollard, and then a couple picks later, there was Eckler, there's Jonathan Taylor, Saquon. So a lot of running backs kind of taken there within those like 
that window. Like an eight-pick window. Yeah. It was definitely a run on him, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah. I still think I maybe could have gotten a, a running back of that value coming back in the, in the next round. Yeah, you potentially could have had somebody fall there. And, yeah, we'll talk about those guys coming up here, too. But, um, you know, if you wanted to make sure you had, like, an RB1, that could have been the last yeah. chance. You weren't sure, but... Um, I, I guess that was the fourth running back taken. Then, yeah, Gibbs, Pollard. Then to finish out round three, we had Mark Andrews, Chris Olave, Cooper Cobb, Austin Eckler. Uh, Joe, I know we talked about how you were happy with Olave falling that far. I was surprised myself he fell that far. I mean, I'm not the biggest Olave fan, but that seemed, you know, based on how where much people, been, yeah, you know, where, where, where he's been going. Not necessarily where I would have taken him, but that seemed like a good value based on where he's been going. It was like one of those two, like it was like reassuring after the pits pick too, where I was like, I'm just trying to take the best value. And then all of a sudden I see Olave falling, which is like, all right, this is working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You let the board come to you sometimes. Um, yeah. Eckler at the end of round three, good value for a couple of years, I think there and same Cooper cup too. I feel like, I don't know if the, the Devontae Adams go in the top four rounds. No, I don't not but, yet. like, Cup and Adams, I feel like it's, like, the same exact situation. They're both, what, 30 years old, and but they're both, you know... They're, Monsters. Still. Yeah, they're both top five receivers, basically, yeah, guaranteed they're like, they're for just like the two, season. Yeah, they're, like, two years behind uh, Tyreek Hill. I mean, like, right. they're in that same kind of, like, window now where they're, like, starting to get up there, but they're still just obviously producing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't have where Adams went on here. I'll have to go back and look, but I feel like... You know, if Cup wins... And Adams went 504. Okay, early fifth. Is Scott... Does he have Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams? Or is, am I thinking of... No, it's, no, no. G, it's Giovanni. Has, uh, okay. I thought Scott had, like, two kind of older, but, like, top receivers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but my, my point is, though, that Adams was a value of Cup when at the end of the third, and they, whoever got Adams got him in the fifth. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, to start round four, we had Daniel Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs. Uh, I know we talked about Jones and Cousins a little bit, but yeah, Taylor went early fourth. Somebody got awesome value there. Four, three. Eighth running back taken, Jonathan Taylor, yeah. Wow. That that was definitely... It's amazing how like the current news can just change something so drastically. Right. Yeah, well, the, the new news on Taylor, as we had mentioned earlier, was he's not... The Colts gave him permission to seek a trade, so... I mean, I don't know how many teams are seeking a trade for, uh, you know, big-time running back two weeks before the season. That's going to cost them a first-round pick, allegedly. So I, I doubt anything happens. The only thing I could even, but, like, begin to think is, like, if one of a running back somewhere goes down before the season, then I could see a team, like, realistically, if they think they're a playoff contender, maybe <sighs> spending the first four. But, yeah. I just, I don't see, it's not going to happen. Not for a first, I don't think. Yeah, well, the the Colts got fleeced by the Browns 10 years ago with Trent Richardson for mm-hmm. a first, so now they're, like, trying to do the same thing with Taylor. I mean, granted, Taylor's a lot better, I think, than Trent Richardson <laughs> was, but... All the night and day difference. <laughs> yeah, but not only do you have to trade a first to get Taylor, you also have to pay him a shit ton of money. So, uh, probably a fat chance that any trade yeah, comes to light here. Uh, then at 4.05, I took Saquon Barkley. Then we had T. Higgins, Drake London, Devonta Smith. And Devonta Smith was also my pick at 4.08. Um, I didn't necessarily want to take a running back this early, but I felt like we had that run on running backs and getting Saquon as the ninth running back off the board. 
felt like that was a decent value there to at least cement my RB1 spot for a little while. Um, and another factor of me taking Barkley there, I have Higgins, London, and Devonta Smith all pretty closely ranked in value. So I knew I would get one of those at 4.08 still. I was going to say, if you didn't have those picks so close, I'd get, you probably were taking one of those receivers. Abs- I absolutely would have taken one of those receivers if I only had 4.05 and not 4.08. But seeing those three receivers there allowed me to, to go get Barkley. Uh, then we close out round four with Josh Jacobs, Jared Goff, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle. George Kittle, uh, that I think that was a bit early too on Kittle. The same owner who took Tyreek Hill at one twelve, um, but yeah, what are you guys thoughts on the end of round four there? Uh, I think I think McKinney actually got pretty good value too there with Hawkinson right before the end with it being a tight end premium. Yeah. So I think that was a pretty nice pick where where he fell. The Kittle one, I mean. It's just so hard to say. At least he stayed consistent and, like, didn't just, like, flip-flop back and forth between rookies and old guys. Like, he has a more mature of a team, so... It's definitely a win-now team. Yeah, and, you know, those pieces still cost stuff if you are not if you end up not competing, so... Right. Yeah, I don't think anything's too crazy here. The golf maybe was a little bit early, but I think that owner... I think he might have, he might have been the one that drafted, like, Bryce Young. Yeah. He didn't have really anything else. No, he didn't... So he had Bijan, A.J. Brown, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Okay. So that was his first so That was his first, okay. Yeah. That that might be a little rough at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. To start, but. And I think there might have, I don't even know if I would have taken Goff over some of the other quarterbacks that were out there later. I can't remember. I will say. I would have maybe taken Jordan Love, honestly, over him. As much as I'm trying to give my boy Scott here some props, I can't I can't argue the, point of, the first pick of the fifth round. I, it one's hard. Who would he take there? Derrick Henry. Oh, Derrick Henry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so definitely a win-now team. <laughs> <laughs> that one's hard to argue, but the start of the fifth round, it went Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, and Travis Etienne. Then, as we mentioned, Devontae Adams. I mean, he took – see, it's hard for me because it's like he took Derrick Henry and you still had Najee and Etienne out there. And I, I mean, I liked Etienne. That was – Yeah. I was confused. In a PPR league, too, you know, Etienne – yeah, I mean, this draft was definitely interesting. I know we had a few guys new to Dynasty, so that plays a part in that for sure. Um, but, yeah, I have some of the biggest... So I compared this to our startup draft from May for the league Joe and I were in. I have some of the biggest differences here. You know, the really. risers and fallers? Well, I don't even know if you call it that. Just differences. And some of it's, you know, value changed since May. Some of it is 12 teams versus 14 teams. And... If you're fourteen team league, the quarterbacks might the so not the early quarterbacks necessarily, but the the mid to late quarterbacks will go a little earlier just because the scarcity. You know? Yeah, I mean you have fourteen teams. Right. Basically, everybody is allowed to have two, but you got to make sure you grab your two. Right, right. So people people reach more a quarterback. So example A of that, Kenny Pickett went thirty third overall in May in our draft. Wow. Guess where he went. <laughs> Give me, give me a number. Where do you think he went in this draft overall? Middle of eighth. So that's uh, I think like 90s? Yeah. Close-ish. Uh, yeah. Maybe the seventh? No, it was higher. 123rd wow. overall. Wow. wow. So, yeah, it was 11th round. Yeah. That's pretty late. That was the biggest. Well, I mean, so Trey Lance was probably the biggest, but... 
that was the biggest for an early-ish pick, I guess. So Trey Lance went from 46 to 162. But obviously... We, we know knew, more now, did, too. We knew we more now than we did then. Like, we didn't know if Purdy would be healthy in May. And, you know, we had, we've had most of training camp before this draft started. So we, we knew Purdy was healthy and he was going to be the guy, pretty much. Yeah, so, that played a huge part. That, that definitely explains that one. And Purdy went the other way. Or no, actually, he went later, too. So I was surprised, too. Purdy was 59th overall in May. But he still fell to 116 overall. And I, I think that was where I got him in this league. At 116 overall. Maybe so people were just a little worried still. I mean... Maybe, uh, yeah. So he got drafted before Trey Lance in the Parma's Finest League? Yes. Okay. I feel like that's tough. But not by a lot. It was yeah, 116 it's... to 162. So it was a few rounds, but... I, I would have thought, yeah, I was surprised Purdy was where he, fell where he was at, and that's, I'm pretty sure that's why I took him. I probably didn't plan to take a third quarterback that early, but um, even then it was like the 10th round, so... Uh, some of the guys that went the other way that moved up since May, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Obviously, he's had a hell of a preseason, so he went from three thirty six to two forty overall. And he looks good. <laughs> Officially, the backup now for the Browns with the Kalaman trade today. So, if anything happens to Watson, you might have a little value in DTR and might have a window to maybe get something good in a trade for him too. You know, before Watson comes back. Yeah. If if an injury were to happen, I mean the worst case, it, it's probably going to happen too because it's the Browns. The worst case scenario is Watson gets hurt, DTR comes in and looks phenomenal. Then Watson comes back and looks like shit again. Yeah, and then they have to sit there and go, well, "We got what do we yeah. do?" Because mm-hmm. we're paying this dude guaranteed money. That right. sounds like the Browns for you. That's exactly how that's, that's going to pan out. <laughs> I hope you're wrong, but yeah, it fits yeah. the bill. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff is another riser from a went from 84th overall to 46th overall. So I kind of felt like the 84th was probably closer to where he should have gone, but um, yeah, he he won earlier in our in our draft. That'd be interesting to see what, yeah, what that what that Lions team can do this year. Yeah, especially when like Jameson Williams gets back and all that kind of stuff gets sorted out. Uh, I'm interested. I mean, I think they're gonna run the shit out of the ball with Gibbs and Montgomery, but I'm interested to see how it all pans out and see how how involved Gibbs really is, like from a workload perspective. But, you know, and he'll, and he'll be involved in the passing game, too. Um, running backs. Yeah. Najee Harris went tw- 50th overall in our draft now, but 24th. So a second-round pick in, in May. So That's crazy. Still. Yeah, I, th- I think that was definitely the overpay back in May. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, there's <laughs> been a lot of good talk about him, but I, I yeah. think it's still a little high. Yeah, A-Chain, Devin A-Chain went a lot later. Um, he went 115th overall compared to 65th overall in May. Um, Which is surprising, too, because they actually I, made more room in Miami since May. And I took A-Chain, I think, with that pick, didn't I? Um, I don't remember who took him, but... I think... If you have him, <laughs> I can't remember in which league, but I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, I was kind of surprised yeah, you fell, too. Because, yeah. I mean, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, you know? Yeah, not the cleanest just, injury, bill, but... I will also say A-Chain's been playing behind, like, uh, Salvin Ahmed and uh, Miles Gaskin in the preseason, too. So maybe it might be a pretty slow start for A-Chain there. It could be, but I think there's opportunity still. Yeah, there def- there'll be opportunity at some point throughout the year, but might just have to wait, you know, to the second half of the season there. We talked about Derrick Henry going a lot higher, you know, than he should have went 49th overall. I mean, and same with Nick Chubb. 
26 overall in this league. Um, 61st overall back in May. Uh, receiver, the, another potential homer pick here, Cedric Tillman. I don't know what that was. He went 84th overall in the startup draft. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's a seventh round pick. So. Yeah, yep. End of the seventh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for going to get your guy, but I think your guy would have been there for another round or two. Or five. Or, yeah. Yeah, or or 10. 10, 15. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he went 208 overall back in May compared to 84 now. So. Wow. I mean, I know he's getting hyped, but. Yeah. Well, another guy with some preseason hype didn't quite jump to that high overall, but the difference is still big here. Justin Ross, uh, 190th overall in this draft, 353 overall back in May. Wow. Yeah. So a big jump, but you know, not not in the top hundred. Yeah, I still don't think that's like crazy. That's not that's not as crazy as Tillman at eighty four yeah. overall. Because um, once you're in that you know one ninety range, that's yeah, what's the it? second half of the draft, and it's the the further you go into it, the you know the more the difference doesn't matter. Um, oh, Claypool, we talked. To, I think we talked about Claypool going two sixty six overall compared to one thirty seven. That's a big one. Yeah. I mean, I'm not big on Claypool, so I think 137 was a few rounds of a reach myself. I, I, think he could, I mean, I think he could be good. It's just He's the third receiver yeah. at best on a team with a questionable passing game. Yeah, they're going to be fine this year. And, and, I, and honestly, he's probably the fourth receiving option behind Cole Komet, too. Yeah, and the running backs. Yeah. I don't know. I still feel like they gave up a second-round pick for him, so they're going to try and get him involved. Uh, yeah, they, they gave up the 32nd overall pick in the draft. We're, for him, what turned out to be that pick. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy that they overpaid that much to get Claypool. Yeah, they're going to try to use him, though. You don't just give up that capital and uh, may I mean, I, mean I, I, I feel like I've seen them trying to get him involved in, like, sweeps and different stuff like that and just get the ball in his hands, but... Yeah, I just don't think he's that good. <laughs> to be honest. It's mini Megatron. Yeah, he had all those touchdowns the rookie year and everybody, you know... His value, was, his value was sky high. You could, and his value. I don't think I've seen a value tank faster than his. That was pretty bad. A quick too. Yeah. Rashad Bateman, another guy. I know I'm not a big fan of him. He went 131st overall compared to 79th in May. So uh, that might have even been a bit far. I think at 131 overall, but uh, I'd say closer to that than 79 overall for him anyway. I would agree. It's so crowded there now, too. Yeah. Yeah, and finally a tight end. A couple uh, couple tight ends on the older side here that went a lot earlier in our draft this month, which I was surprised by. Darren Waller went 60th overall and Everett Ingram 66th overall. Um, those guys both went in the 120s and 130s back in May. Uh, so that they basically you know jumped up half that. I was very surprised to yeah. see that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's my first kind of tight end premium, so I, I wasn't really sure where to value them at. I think I kind of reached a little bit on, on Mayer where I took him in the seventh round, but I think I'd rather have him over Waller or Ingram. Yeah. In Dynasty, I would definitely have you know the top three rookies, Kincaid, Mayer, and Laporta over those two guys. Yeah, I think Kincaid went before them, but yeah, uh, Laporta, Laporta and, uh, and Mayer both went after him, so definitely would have had those, rather have those guys. I think I had Dallas Goddard in the seventh round, and I would definitely would have taken him over those guys too. And there were a couple other tight ends that went around that range too. I, know, I, I think I got Njoku like in the tenth, and 
Yeah, and Joku was quite a value, so that was one I had gone the other way. He was 66th in May, 111th, you got him at. Yeah, like he, he's fallen to me. I mean, yeah, you, know, you got like, good value on Njoku for sure. And then uh, I was also surprised with Trey McBride, too, because I, I got him in the 14th. Like, I just saw these tight ends just sitting out there, and it's yeah. like, I mean, it's tight end premium league. I'll, I'll scoop him up at round 14. Yeah, I'd say that's probably appropriate value for McBride, maybe give or take a round, but. It was interesting. Yeah. And one other tight end, he's kind of a sleeper tight end for me this year, Jake Ferguson. He, Somebody took him at 186 overall, so he didn't fall to me as I was hoping, but he went 273 overall back in May. Oh, wow. But he's gained a little bit of hype over training camp, and it looks like he's going to be the, the primary or starting tight end for the Cowboys this year. So, um, you know, if he could put up anything close to what Schultz has done with Dak over the past few years, he'd be a... Pretty good value there, but it was definitely nice getting back to a twelve-team draft too, because especially with the quarterback value, yeah. you could feel you could pick guys up later. It didn't feel as forced and as rushed in a fourteen-team league where you're you feel like you have to make sure you grab your two guys within the first first four rounds. Yeah, fourteen. I mean, two teams, two extra teams make it a big difference in a yeah. draft. Yeah. So I I did add this up. So granted, the the number of overall picks is a little different. We had twenty quarterbacks total in the 14-team league in the first four rounds compared to 18. Granted, so it's not that big of a difference either, 18 in a 12-team league. So a few less picks. It feels like it, though, when you're drafting. Right, because there's a few less picks in the the, uh, 12-team league. So, Yeah, do you guys have any other thoughts on this draft? Any other picks you liked or values out there that you wanted to talk about that you saw? Nothing, like, really jumping off at me. No. Do you guys feel like you have teams that are in contention for this year to win, or are you kind of more on the rebuild side, or kind of stuck in the middle, seeing how it pans out before you decide? I, I kind of feel like I'm stuck in the middle a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I think I have some good young pieces, but I feel like I'm kind of lacking at some positions, you know, especially for a super flex, having Trevor Lawrence and Geno Smith as my second quarterback. I'd like a little bit of an upgrade there, but obviously like the Lawrence picks Geno Smith that's not too high on. But Honestly, I think Geno Smith will be fine for like a, maybe a year short term, a couple yeah. of years. But, so maybe if you're looking at it from the long-term perspective, I, I could see that. But for the short term, you know, if, if you feel like your team's in a, in a competition window, I think Geno's fine as a second quarterback. I agree. I think uh, I feel like with my team in this league – I should be competing. I don't think I'm going to be one of the best teams in the league, but I de- definitely feel like with my team I should be competing. But a lot of that's also going to probably – I mean, I have good backup tight ends, but a lot of that's also going to rely on which Kyle Pitts I get and if he takes the jump, like the big jump forward this year. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I kind of think the Falcons' offense will be sneaky somewhat good this year. I definitely see them progressing. They can't be yeah. like they were last year. I kind of like Desmond Ritter. Um you know, I think Drake London's going to break out, and you know, there's a lot of weapons there. Yeah, Pitts, you look at Pitts will be fine. A lot know. of young he's weapons healthy, too. If he's healthy, he's fine. Because I know there's been some reports that he's still not fully recovered from his injury, but they're um, like 100 percent yet. But his health will be a, the, the big part of it for Pitts, I think. And I think I got serviceable receivers too, so I think my team should definitely be a competing team. What about you? Since you uh, traded out of the first round. So, yeah, for trading out of the first round, I feel like I still have a pretty competitive team. Um, you know, my, very happy with my receiver situation with 
Waddle and Devonta Smith, and then I got uh, DK Metcalf and Michael Pittman in the fifth and sixth rounds, I think. Yeah, I know which four receivers you're starting week to week. Yeah, I mean, not much to question there. I mean, I think my next receiver after that was Rasheed Rice or Jacoby Myers, maybe. But so a little bit of a gap there, just a little bit. <laughs> um, then yeah, Saquon and Javante Williams. So kind of banking on Javante's health being back, but he is back and playing a preseason game, so. It's at least promising. I'm sure they'll ease him back in during the season and not give him a full workload. But um, yeah, you have a real nice looking team. Yeah, and Dallas Goddard, Greg Dulcich, a tight end. So I felt I feel like I'm pretty well rounded. My depth might not all be there, but I do have an extra first round pick too, so I can always shop that or shop both my first if I need to. If I feel like I'm gonna win now, period here. So. Um, I'm, I'm happy with the options that I have for my team. Definitely a nice-looking team. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so that, that was our startup draft. Um, Joe, I know you mentioned maybe talking about a couple long-shot players that we like to hit this year. Oh, yeah. Well, You have a couple? You have one? At least, at least one? I definitely have one. All right. Who, who's your long-shot hit that you like for this year? Well, I didn't even know if it was going to be a hit this year, and I'm rooting for this guy. It's uh, the Elijah Dotson on the Chargers. Ah, okay. Because I think it's a great value. Obviously, you could probably pick him up on waivers at I this mean, point. He's basically yeah, free. I mean, yeah, he's free. Go pick him up on waivers. You don't know what could happen. But, you know, Austin Eckler was undrafted. And from all reports, Eckler doesn't want to be there next year. So between him and Spiller, he could just work his way right up. Who knows? Even t- past Spiller this year or next year. I mean, it's a great opportunity for you know somebody you can go get for free. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my hopeful long shots this year. All right. Uh, mine's not as long of a shot as that, but I was going with Brian Robinson. I think that, you know, obviously he was pretty solid last game and in the 12 games he played, he got shot. So he missed the first four of the season. He came back and he showed he can kind of be that workhorse. He Mm -hmm. didn't really like, I think he averaged like less than four yards per carry, but if he can kind of take that step forward, I don't know if he wasn't hundred percent healthy last year, but you know, if he can be hundred percent healthy this year and kind of take over as as the bell cow, then I think he should be good. Yeah. I I do like Brian Robinson. I've, I have him in a couple dynasty leagues, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I think he's going to be the primary running back over Antonio Gibson. And, you know, Gibson will still work in and, you know, get some receiving game work, I'm sure. But um, for for where you're getting Brian Robinson, I I feel like, you know, in a draft or even in a trade, you can get him at a decent value. So, yeah, definitely agree with you on Brian Robinson. Elijah Dodson, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's free, so there's no risk. Yeah. So... Yeah, there, there's no harm, you know, picking up somebody like that, throwing, throwing him on your taxi squad, see what happens. Um, basically, if you, if you're in that position, like, you, you might be deciding between Elijah Dotson and somebody else in a similar situation, but yeah, I mean, and another another one that's probably free out there is what the Pr- uh Prince. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, was he a seventh rounder? I mean, again, or yeah, yeah like super late guy. Or, yeah, he might have been undrafted, but. You know, guy that's probably out there sitting on your waivers too. And I yeah. mean, outside of even Pacheco, I mean, Pacheco had flashes where he looked really good. Uh, obviously, CEH isn't the answer, was, isn't and was not the answer. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, McKinnon still is there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Worth a, worth, a, worth a dart throw. Yeah, it's worth a dart throw if he makes the team. You know, you throw him on your practice squad, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, he's basically free, too, so. Yeah, I guess a guy I took in the Parma's finest startup, and then I also trade up to get him in the third round, I think, of the Shiva rookie draft was Trey Palmer. Okay. I feel like with Russell Gage out for the year, Mike Evans kind of aging, I know the quarterback situation is not the best, but 
there could be some some work for him there. So could be kind of a dart throw one. Yep. Yeah, that's not that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad one at all. Um, you know, especially if they're out of it, which Tampa probably won't be good, and they trade like Evan Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even Godwin around the trade deadline or sometime in the season. Like, that'll just open up even more opportunity. I mean, that could really shake up some teams. Those are big names to be moving. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if one of those got one of those guys got traded at some point. Probably more likely Evans because I think Godwin's got a lot left on his current contract. So, And how about you, Jamie? Any long shots? Yeah, so he's somebody I've been taking where I can in the fourth round of rookie drafts. Um, throughout the whole offseason. Puka Nakua. Uh, I, similar to Trey Palmer, I think the opportunity is there for Nakua on the Rams. Outside of Cooper Cup, I mean, it's Van Jefferson, uh, Ben Skoranek. Who? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Demarcus Robinson. So the, the competition isn't stiff at all behind Cooper Cup. So, you know, he's impressed in all throughout training camp and in the preseason. So, um, he's probably definitely, I mean, he's definitely in their top four receivers, I think, right now. And, you know, it, with what he's got in front of him, it shouldn't be too long for him to get a little bit more of an opportunity if he's able to, to show anything at all on the field. So uh, he's been one of my favorite fourth-round rookie picks throughout the offseason. All right, lastly, we're going to recap somewhat quickly here our rookie draft from our one quarterback home league that just wrapped up this week. Um, I know I wasn't too involved in this draft. I only had the 2.10 and I think the 4.12. So not not much for me in this one. But Matt and Joe, I know you guys had a few more picks than I did, at least early on. So uh, we, can, we can talk about the picks you guys made and, and some, of the, some of the activity that you were trying to do with trade-ups and whatnot. So um, – Top half of the first round, though, I think the first seven picks went as expected for a one QB league. Uh, you know, Bijan, Gibbs, one, two. JSN, Quinton Johnston, Addison, three, four, five. Uh, Anthony Richardson went sixth, and Zay Flowers went seven. I know I personally would have taken Flowers before Richardson and one QB, but. I was a little surprised just because it's the one QB league, and mm-hmm. I felt like it was a couple picks too early for Anthony Richardson, but, eh, it's a one quarterback league. I mean,. If he's going to be running in touchdowns, then, you know, pays off. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate to pick at that point, but maybe it's more preference, I think. But I feel like, regardless, that's probably what the top seven should have been in some order. Um, Joe, you didn't have any picks there. But, Matt, you did have the what, fourth pick, was it? Yeah, the fourth pick. So it was kind of a toss-up for me between Johnson and Addison, and I just went with the bigger receiver who hopefully scores a lot of touchdowns in the future. And, you know, will be the wide receiver one when even though if Addison's really good, he's always going to be that wide receiver two to Justin Jefferson. So, yeah, that's a fair argument. I mean, I know I personally, I, I've been at the 1.04 in another draft and I took Addison over him, but it is a tough choice. And you can't really, you know, fault either option, I think, with making there's that no, selection. There's no, actually, there's, yeah, there's no wrong, there's no wrong choice there. Right. Right. Like if you maybe if you have a couple shares of each, you want to split it up or whatever. But um, you know, other than that, it just comes down to preference at that point. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, Zach Charbonnet at eight and nine, both to the same owner. Uh, I know this is one of Ryan's favorite owners in the league. Who he likes to. He does have an appropriate team name this year, though. His team name is Low Expectations, and that with. Sounds like his very life. good merit, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I know. Uh, 
I'm sure. I'm sure when next episode Ryan's on, he'll want to talk about those picks for for him. I mean, I think those were the right picks, but um, those picks almost ended up being something else until uh, until he came to his senses. There. What were they going to be? I think it was going to be shit. Who was it? Marvin Mims and Ty J Spears, I believe. Oh Lord. <laughs> He, he was he, he was, was really just trying to take Sky Moore again. He he was so close to making those his picks, but uh, he he came to his senses. We took Kincaid and Charbonnet there. <laughs> and then Matt, you were back on the clock at ten with Kendry Miller. Yeah, I like that pick there. I mean, I think I'd take Miller over A Chain, which which went right after. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is probably in this league. It's our eleventh year. This is probably probably the first time the rookie draft. Didn't really have any surprises in the first round to me. Yeah. Or at least in the order of the first round, so... I think there was a trade in the first round, too, right? Between uh, Lombardi and Matt. Yeah, so I, we should mention that. Um, so, yeah, Nick had 108 and 109. He traded both of those picks to move up to 1.05 and take Jordan Addison. And I think he got a second back as well. I think that was a great trade for Nick. Yeah, I think so, too, because I'd rather have Addison over, you know... Probably both those picks at eight and nine, I think. Absolutely. I think that was a great trade. And the fact that he even got the second, too. Like, yeah. That was just the cherry on top. Exactly. Like, I would have done that without the second if I were him. Like, it was a clear top seven in this draft. And then after that, you know, it's not really anything I wanted to to take in a first round of a rookie draft. Yeah. Pretty much. But, yeah, he also had the seventh pick, too. So, he got he was able to get Zay Flowers at seven. I think he was set at quarterback. So, he, he was probably glad Richardson didn't even make it there. And he got Flowers. Then he also traded up yeah, to get Addison. So that was a pretty good rookie draft for him. Yeah, he crushed it. And he also had the second pick with Jameer Gibbs. So three building blocks there in, in his rebuilding process. Uh, then, yeah, and he also had the 11th pick and took Devon A-Chain. And that was also a trade-up. I think he moved up two spots, giving up a third-round pick. So. For next year, yeah. Oh, it was a third round for next year? Yeah, okay. I was a little disappointed because I had pick 12. I was, I mean, I've, I'm always hoping to just stack running backs because you don't know what's going to stick, but I took uh, Mayer at uh, 112, and I'm totally okay with that, too. I mean, running backs are running backs, but I think Mayer is one of the better tight ends. It's just going to be a different system. Yeah. Yeah, I, I personally would have preferred some of the receivers there, but, yeah, I mean, it's all within, like, that same, same, a similar tier that, you know, you have Mayer and Laporta, who went right after at 2.01. Matt, you took Musgrave at 2.03. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had a little tight end run there. Josh Downs, they go at 2.02, which is a little surprising to me. Um, maybe it's just me, but I think there's a tier of Mingo, Mims, Rasheed Rice, and Jaden Reed, who I would have taken all over Josh Downs. But Yeah, you know. I, I agree with that. Lombardi had a really nice rookie draft. He, he, the second round pick he got in trading down, or trading up, it, with the 8-9 for 105, it turned into Marvin Mims at 2.06. So, yeah, that was that was good. Uh, oh, so Matt Rosito, low expectations. He did get Tajay Spears at 2.05. Still got his guy. Still got his guy. <laughs> Who knew he would have been there? <laughs> Jonathan Mingo, we, we skipped over that at 2.04. So, as expected. Tank Bigsby, 2.07. Roshan Johnson, Rasheed Rice, 2.08, 2.09. Then I finally get to my pick at 210. I was happy to get Jaden Reed there. I was basically hoping to get one of those four receivers I mentioned in that tier. 
Mingo Mims, Rice and Reed. So I got the last one of those four at 210. Then we had Bryce Young and CJ Stroud round out the second round. That's probably exactly where they should have been going in a one quarterback league, I think. Um, Matt, you had the 212 and got Stroud there, I believe, right? Um, yes. And I also traded out of my 2-4 pick. Okay. I think I got a, I got 212 and then I got a second round pick next year from Shark Attack. Okay, for, okay, so that's actually a good deal, I think, for you there. Yeah, I, I liked it. I mean, it was kind of hard moving back eight picks because I was hoping to get either like a, a Tank Bigsby or a Roshan Johnson and wasn't sure if they'd really fall that far down. They didn't, mm-hmm. but I got another good young quarterback, hopefully, so. Yeah, I mean, what, what you have Lawrence on that Yeah, team, that's like my only startable that, quarterback right now. Right, so you get at least another quarterback that just in case you, kind of you have available policy. to you, and, you know, he could pan out and. I, I think he eventually will, but then you yeah. get another second next year from a from a team that's probably in the middle of the pack yeah. still, so that can go either way. Um, I don't know if we need to spend as much time in the later rounds here, but you know Tillman went at three hundred one. Chase Brown, Luke Shoemaker, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt is somebody you took him at three point zero four. I've been I was trying to trade up from you know the end of the second round maybe early third at 301 i think is when i started to try to trade up but um i think i offered you like Jawan johnson or something for that 50 yeah round. i was like no <laughs> <laughs> but no i think hyatt was a good value there yeah i like that pick i kind of like the back end of my draft a little more than the front end of it you know i like the value that i got kind of in like the late second early third round mm-hmm. yeah you had trey palmer at 307 we talked about that um who else of note here? Tank Dell went three point oh six. I know he's been getting a lot of hype in the preseason. Puka Nakua, Ryan Ryan took him before I had a chance. He took him at three point oh nine. Uh Deuce Vaughn at three ten. He's been getting some camp hype. Granted, I don't know that he'll have much of a role volume wise, but could be an interesting third down back there. Uh Keishon Boutte, Matt, you got him at three twelve. Yeah. Liked it. Liked that pick, too. Yeah, I mean... I feel like I, I try to throw kind of shots at people that might get the yeah. opportunity because there's not really much competition there. I think Boutte is the type of guy, too, to, to throw a dart on that late because he had all this hype early in college at LSU. He was, you know, the next Justin Jefferson or whatever. Uh, but, you know, things things went south for him his last year and a half of college, and he fell to the sixth round of the draft, obviously, going to the Patriots. But, um, you know, he ha- he ha- I think he has... Or at least one point had the talent, so mm-hmm. he's definitely an interesting dart throw that um, you know I would definitely eye in that range of a draft too. On uh, the fourth round, you know, not not too much really to talk about in the fourth round of a rookie draft for a one QB league. Um, At Perry is kind of another dart I like. He went at four point oh one. Uh, Eric Gray, he I think he's got a good chance to be the backup to Saquon. So if something happens to him. You know, I think more often than not, the strategy in the fourth round should be to take, you know, these backup third string running backs. At least. They could get a chance. Right. You know, injuries happen to the running back position so much. So, um, you know, t- taking shots on these running backs in the fourth round, I mean, it's a cheap acquisition cost and they don't pan out after a year or so. They're easily droppable guys, too. They're not going to, you know, they're not guys that you've, you're going to feel like you have to keep on your roster yeah. and waste a spot on. Uh, but yeah, any other thoughts you guys pick. have? Who was my last pick? Charlie Jones. Yeah, so yeah, 
all the running backs I wanted to throw a dart on were already taken. So I went with Charlie Jones. He could, I think he, you know, he's not going to do anything this year. But if Tyler Boyd moves on, he could maybe be the slot guy there I mean, in the future. Even, even one injury to any one right. of the three, and you know he's automatically in right. there. Right. I mean, we saw yeah, like Trent Irwin like had a couple like serviceable games last year when somebody missed time. Uh, I think maybe when Chase was out at one, one point. So I wanted to take him, but I couldn't put three receivers on the same team on my team. Just take the whole Bengals receiving room. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. All right. Uh, so last last thing we have, we do have a listener question wanted to address today. This comes from Scott Danberger, who we had on the show last week, actually, as our guest. So he he's new to Dynasty, as as he mentioned on our last show. Um, and his question is, he generally generally doesn't feel like he knows where to turn when trying to find some credible resources. For things like a solid trade analyzer, uh, maybe a good few resources, a few good resources when trying to do more of a deep dive into a player, um, and he's just interested in any other resources, you know, as dynasty managers that we could offer that we recommend. Maybe some that we use on our own. Um, Joe, do you want to start? Sure. I mean, uh, I have two subscriptions that I am signed up for, and. Uh, Dynasty League Football is the number one contributor that I look for at my resources. They have a great forums and active community. And for the most part there, too, you know, you post a question about something and it doesn't matter what you know, just go and chip in. And that's what makes the community better is it's kind of like a one-for-one -one thing. Like, you know, if you have a question, you go post something and just let the community grow like that. And that's a great resource. And then uh, Dynasty Nerds is another good one. I think they're local, too, to us. Mm -hmm. And so what I kind of do is I look at, like, them. I even look at, like, Fantasy Pros, uh, Dynasty Rankings and stuff. Just look at all the resources you can. Even just go to Google and see what pops up and just kind of take in as much information as you can and then just put it all into what you think it means. Mm -hmm. It's the only way you can do it, really. I mean, you don't want to go off somebody else's board or the sit and starts of somebody else's because at the end of the day, you gotta you got to do it. Mm -hmm. So just do what you think is what you want to do and make a educated decision with the information you can find. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any subscriptions I pay for other than like the trade calculator, which is like three bucks a month. <laughs> so obviously a good investment, I'd say. And like, obviously that helps you kind of get an idea of like a starting point in a trade. You don't necessarily have to base everything off that. But I don't know, you can listen to podcasts. You know, there's a lot of dynasty football podcasts out there. Um, Reddit. I kind of go through that sometimes, see what people are saying. But other than that, just kind of doing the research on Google, reading you know news articles and and seeing what you can find out about different players and draft strategies and all that. Yeah, no, all, all good points. Um, yeah, I mean, to echo what you said a little bit, Joe, like you, you take it as much as you can, but ultimately you have to make your own opinion on it and, you know, on how to use that information. Um, you know, DLF is like my trust true and trusted source you know i've used the i'd say i use dlf dynasty league football the most uh for my my number one resource i should say for getting information um they do a lot of good deep dives on certain players especially the rookie classes each year they have a lot of good information and uh showing their historical stats in college and kind of what that means and like some of the factors that go into a good prospect, like breakout age and dominator rating and things like that. They have very good articles. Yeah. So that, that would definitely be up there. Um, a free resource that I like too is called keep trade cut. 
it's kind of a crowdsourced um, system there as far as like their rankings go. So, you know, every time you go onto the site, it'll ask you, it'll give you three players similarly ranked and you have to choose one to keep trade and cut. They, they use that to factor into their overall rankings, but they do also have a free trade calculator on keep trade cut and also a league analyzer too. It'll give you like power rankings and team breakdowns of all your teams and any of your leagues. If it's on my fantasy leagues, which I know is the primary dynasty host site. Um, so they're another good one. Uh, a third one that I really use a lot is called establish the run. Um, they have a good draft kit subscription that gives you all kinds of articles throughout the season. They offer a ton of analytics too, don't they? They do, and they're they're big into DFS as well. They have a separate DFS subscription. I don't I don't not as big into DFS, so I don't um, pay for that. But I do get their draft their draft kit pro every year. A lot of great information in there. Uh, rankings consistently updated. A lot of articles, um, and it's not only the thing is if you're in redraft leagues too. They their DraftKit Pro caters to both, too. So that's a nice added bonus there. That's nice. Have you ever uh, tried or know anyone that has tried Player Profiler? No, I, I can't say that I have. Is that is that a source you've used? I haven't, but I think somebody in the league has used it. And from the as far as I could get with the, without having a paid subscription, it seems like they have really good content as well. Okay, they have, they have some good free content. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, most... Mo- nowadays, most sites that you're going to go to for dynasty information are going to be behind a paywall um i know when we first started in dynasty like 10 or so years ago like i don't think dynasty league football was even charging a subscription fee then and a few other sites weren't if it was it was probably at least half the price it is right now. yeah i mean the pri- prices go up over time that's just what happens but um n- not as many free resources out there but there are a few you can come across but um yeah most are going to be behind a paywall but uh, my recommendation would be maybe maybe you pay for one month of something, see if you like it, and then you know if you want to you know pay annually or keep using it. But you you really just have to go out there and kind of explore. You know, I know we've mentioned a few good options, and I'm sure there's a lot more out there that you can find on the internet. Um, one one other free option. It's not necessarily a website. I I use Twitter a lot for my news on players, so I follow a number of fantasy analysts on. I have an account specific to following fantasy analysts and NFL beat reporters. So I, I say the beat reporters because that gives you an idea of like what's actually going on in practice, who's playing behind yeah. who, who's, who's hurt, looking good, who's looking good. It gives you an idea. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily directly say, you know, this is what you should do in fantasy, but it tells you an information on a player and where they stand within the team and can give you an edge. Definitely. Um, whether it be in trading or in who to start and things like that. But I would definitely recommend using Twitter as a new source as well. It's free. For now. For now. <laughs> Twitter. Are, should, X, should we X, call it yeah, X now? X. Sorry. I, I'm never going to get I probably will never call it X. It's Twitter. But, but yeah, I think that's it for our show today. You guys have anything else you want to add? Getting close. Yeah, two weeks from today we have Lions and Chiefs. One thing I'll ask you guys, since we're all Browns fans in here, is was was your prediction for them this year? Ooh, just missed the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I'd say ten and seven and missed the playoffs. I think ten and seven is. It's not. Yeah, I'm leaning it more could be like, over under one. one I'm, yeah, more like nine and eight. I feel like. I feel like Cade York is going to cost us a couple games yeah. until they cut him. But um, and you know, 
a kicker a kicker costing you like two games is the difference for making the playoffs and missing it too. Yeah, I mean the Browns look so good on paper, but the division is so tough. Too. Yeah, they're it's the toughest. Right. I mean, toughest have, division. Yeah, you have you know obviously the Bengals are what one year removed from the Super Bowl, so they're still obviously a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah. and the Ravens are very good. Rejuvenated and offense there. Even the Steelers are well coached. I mean, yeah, everyone thinks they're going to be last. They haven't in the, finished in the under five hundred and twenty years. Yeah. So. Can look, Browns can look so good on paper, but man, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Browns are going to Browns, right? So you never know what they're going to do. DTR in the future, baby. Uh, that's a long future away with Watson's contract. <laughs> but all right, well, well, thanks for joining today, Matt. We'll have to have you on again in the future. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, that'll wrap it up for today. So follow us on Twitter at Dynasty OTL. And any any listener questions for the for future episodes. Uh, you can reach out to us directly or on Twitter, and we'll be sure to answer that on a future episode. See ya. See ya.